Well, good evening, New Spring Fuse. Come on, if you're going to clap, clap properly. It's good to be alive. It's good to be here on a Wednesday night um, on all of our campuses. We want to say, what's up? And uh, my name is Dan Leanne. I'm one of the teaching uh, team here at New Spring Church. If I haven't had the chance to meet you yet, uh, I want you to come up and say, hey, later, ni hao, what's up? Whatever you need to say, come up and say it. Um, it is a real privilege to be with our Fuse family tonight. Uh, and to jump in on this series, uh, getting to know the real you. Uh, I just love Meredith and um, Caleb so much, and I'm so grateful for their teaching, uh, for their insight. Uh, it's changing my family, literally, and I hope and pray that tonight uh, God would speak to you and that uh, your life would be changed because of His whisper. So before I go any further, I just love to just pray just across the state. So if every single person who's watching right now would just close your eyes and just say this prayer after me. Dear Jesus, speak to me tonight. I'm listening. Help me by your spirit. Get what you want to give. In Jesus' name, amen. Getting to know the real you. I don't know if you have a mother who was like my mother. Um, when I was a teenager, my mother used to just, you know, say things to me all the time that kind of made sense, but kind of didn't make sense. But because she was a mother, uh, you know, she's a mother doing mothery things. So she's just saying stuff to me. One of the things she used to say to me all the time before I I would leave the house. You may have heard this one before. Before I would leave the house, my mother would always ask if I was wearing clean underwear. Don't leave the house without clean underwear on. You know why? Because you might get hit by a bus. She always used to say that. You used to like kind of confuse me. Uh, it used to confuse me at a number of levels. Number one, um, it used to confuse me uh, because, you know, if I got hit by a bus, the last thing that I would be concerned about is the condition of my underwear. Uh, number two, it used to confuse me because, uh, actually used to discourage me because that, that, that statement used to indicate that my mother's greatest worry, if I was to be hit by a bus, was the shame that I would bring to her because I was wearing like dirty underwear. Number three, it used to confuse me because I used to think to myself, even if I was wearing clean underwear, if I saw a bus about to hit me, my underwear not going to be clean anymore, you know what I'm saying? So it's, it's like kind of like a pointless kind of statement uh, that my mother used to make all the time. Uh, but fast forward now nearly 30 years, I'm like, you know, like my mother. I'm like an, like an old dad saying dad things. And, uh, and I find myself saying relatively, you know, useless things to my children as well as they leave the house um, on a regular basis. Uh, but tonight, I just wanted to uh, maybe kind of throw a dad statement out there that isn't useless. Uh, in fact, this could be the most important statement that you ever hear in your journey. So if you would allow me um, the privilege to, to, to act like a spiritual dad just for a moment, can I say something to each and every single one of you here tonight? Don't leave this season of your life without your identity. Don't leave this season of your life without your 
identity. If I was given one more sermon to preach for the rest of my life to young people, it would center around your identity. Who you are. Whose you are. Your identity. You can ask the young men that find themselves in my Bible study, in my small group every single week. We have like a, like a reading plan and we, we read through books, but the reality is all of our lessons always circle back to this main topic that is so deep in my spirit and I want it to be deep in theirs. Do not leave this season, young man. Do not leave this season, young woman, without your identity. The identity that you get from a relationship with Abba Father, the God of this universe, your maker, your creator, and the one who loves you with a furious love. Do not leave this season without your identity. Not an identity from social media, not an identity from the cool group, not an identity from a boyfriend or a girlfriend, not an identity from the the sports jersey that you wear. No, an identity that comes from God in heaven delivered to you. Do not leave this season without your identity. Because ultimately, your identity will determine Where you feel you're allowed to be. Your identity will determine where you feel you're allowed to be. My children can roam around my house because they are my children. They know who they are and they just roll around with total confidence. Caitlin has some friends over quite regularly and and they don't roll around my house quite as, you know, comfortably. They always kind of sit in the house there. I'm trying to be hospitable. I say, hey, do you want to eat anything? I don't want to eat. Like, do you want to do anything? I don't want to do anything. Like, you know why? Because they're uncomfortable. Why? Because it's not their house. When you understand who you are, you find yourself roaming around the house of God in relationship with God so comfortably. Good days, bad days, sunny days, rainy days. It's amazing when you understand your identity, how close you get to God. When you understand who you are, that'll determine where you feel comfortable to be. Number two, it'll determine what you have. It'll determine what you have. Caitlin and Josiah, my children, at the end of the day, can go through the pantry and take what they want because what is mine is theirs. If you came into my house without me around and you took stuff out of my pantry, that would not be called eating, it'd be called stealing. So the reality is when you understand who you really are, not only do you know how close to God you can get and where you find yourself in his house, but you also find yourself knowing what you have in him and through him. The peace and the joy, the the purpose, the power, the approval, the love, the value, All the things in God's heart that he wants to give you will flow when you understand your identity. Do not leave this season without your identity. And third of all, when you understand who you are, you'll understand what you're going to do with your life. Because ultimately, your life will be an extension of your belief of who you really are. Who you are will dictate what you do. 
If you find yourself lost in life, if you find yourself worried about the future, if you find yourself umming and ahhing about different course selections that you need to make, take a deep breath, breathe out, chill out, and lose yourself in who you are. Because when you find yourself comfortable in the presence of your Father, it's amazing how the fear of tomorrow has to loosen its grip. When you know who you are, you'll ultimately know what to do. Do not leave this season without your God-given identity. And that's the reason God gives his son Jesus to bring the good news, the gospel, all about identity. That's what the gospel is. If you think the gospel and Christianity is just about activity, my friend, you're mistaken. Religion is about activity. The gospel is about identity. Religion is about the things that we do to impress God. The gospel is all about a loving God who comes to earth in the person of his son Jesus and is now with us by the Holy Spirit, transforming us from the inside out so we will know who we are. Religion is about activity, the gospel about identity. You'll see that in the book of Luke chapter 15. One of my favorite passages in all of the Bible, I keep circling back to this passage because this unpackages so beautifully this concept of the gospel sharing with us our identity. If you have your Bibles, you can go with me to the book of Luke chapter 15 and verse 17. I'll give you the background here. Jesus is hanging out with a bunch of ordinary, everyday people, just like you and me. It's like a house party, they're hanging out, a bunch of people crash this party and it kind of turns into a big discussion. In that party were a whole bunch of people that were all knit together by this common thread. They all thought that this whole God and Jesus deal was all about activity. The do's and the don'ts, the rules and the restrictions, the regulations and the legislations. It's all about stuff you have to do to somehow impress God. In that room, it was basically split in half. On one side of the room were a bunch of people who felt like they had lived such broken lives, there is no way that you could ever engage in enough activity to get them back to God. On the other side of the room were a bunch of religious people who felt because of their activity, they're good. So Jesus is here in the middle of a bunch of people, all separated from God because they're wrapped up in this erroneous idea that this whole religious pursuit of God, marked by religious activity, will somehow get them to him. So Jesus tries to clear it up, and he tries to share a different story, a radically opposite story, not about activity, but all about identity. And he tells this story about this young guy who represents you and me, who at some point in his journey turns his back on his good father, rejects his love, rejects his relationship, rejects the riches that this father wants to give him. Within the house, this kid pushes the dad away and tries to make a living for himself. Him, like you and me, find ourselves at some point down the track, lost and broken, hurt and confused, wondering what have we done with our lives. Jesus goes on to tell this story about how this kid thinks to himself, okay, 
now I've messed up. The only way that I'm gonna get back right with God in heaven is by going back to him and number one, apologizing and letting him know, I absolutely understand. I'm never allowed back into that son position in your life, make me a servant or a slave. Or in other words, give me a to-do list for the rest of my life and I will spend the rest of my life working through that list and maybe, just maybe, down the track, you will find me, okay, back in your household, not as a son, but as a servant. Every single person who was listening to this story related to that story because every single person listening to that story had tried that game plan. I know I'm far away from God. He's perfect. I'm not. He is whole and I'm broken, so I need to go through that to-do list to get my life right with him. And then Jesus goes on and tells this story about how this kid goes back to the father with this game plan in mind, with a speech written, it's tucked in his pocket, he's ready to explain to father, hey, I'll work my debt off. But then Jesus says, while he was still a long way off, the father saw him. And was filled with compassion for him. Runs down to him, grabs him, hugs him, kisses him. The son pushes back, begins the speech. The father doesn't let him get it out. The father brings him to the house. And he says, quickly, bring a ring and put it on his finger. A robe and cover him. Shoes, put it on his feet. This is very significant. Because this little twist in the story speaks very specifically to what God wants to say about all of y'all's identity. A ring, a robe, some running shoes, or some Yeezys. What is God saying about the real you through this story and these gifts. Number one, write this down. The real you is loved. You are loved. That's what the ring signifies. But I'm ugly, no, you're loved. I've been told that I was a mistake, no, you are loved. I was abandoned. No, you are loved. I'm brought up on the wrong side of town. No, you are loved. Man, I'm failing in school. No, you are loved. Man, I get bullied. No, you are loved. The ring signifies the real you. You are loved. Where are my dudes here in this room? Where are my guys at? Where are my guys up? Okay, all over, all right? All the guys here in this room. Um, how many guys here in this room want to be married one day? Put your hand up. Want to be married one day? I like it. Start saving. Because the game changed. You know what I'm saying? 20 years ago when I got married, easy. Because the girl be wanting like, yeah, cause I want to get married. I just, oh my God, I just love you so much. We're going to live on love like forever. All I need to do is I kind of like buy a simple ring, give it to Krista, and the only people who saw it were like a home, like a, her close friends. But nowadays, because of Instagram world, you know what I'm saying? That girl one day gonna have the pressure 
to have to post that picture, the Shazam picture, you know what I'm saying? So you're not just trying to impress a girl, you're trying to impress all of her followers. So homie, start saving now, all right? There was a day when a ring was enough just to signify that you are loved. That's happening here in this moment. Abba Father, God in heaven, the creator of the heavens and the earth, the one who made you in his image exactly the way you are. Didn't just save up three months worth of a salary. He bankrupted heaven to purchase a ring, to place it on a finger, to let you know that you are loved. You're loved. Number two, you are covered. You are covered. Because not only was a ring put on this kid's finger, signifying God putting a ring on your finger, but the best robe was put on his semi-naked frame. He was embarrassed. All the way through his journey, he kept making mistakes, kept falling short, kept messing up, promised to never do that again, but then did it again. And every single time he messed up, more and more of his dignity was stripped away to the point he found, to the point where he found himself totally exposed and embarrassed, marked by shame, feeling like not only was he somebody who did bad things, but he was now a bad thing. There are so many people who feel that way. There are too many teenagers in our church who feel that way. And I love it because Abba brings a robe to cover. Because everyone here in this room knows that you can't rewind history and undo the things that you wish you never did. We all instinctively know that there are decisions that we've made that we are now paying the consequence for. But Abba now brings a robe, not pointing to our past, but pointing to his work in the present to cover even the darkest sin, the most painful shame. Come on, the worst things that we have done, he comes and covers them by his blood. You are covered. You've ever felt busted before in the presence of God because of stuff that you've done? Guess what? That feeling is a real feeling because guess what? He sees all things, but he still covers you. Hey, young men here in this room, you wrestle with stuff that you just pray would just go away and you kind of, you just, you just don't know, how am I gonna break this addiction in my life? Hey, he covers you with his blood and his love and in that covering and in his time, I speak this over you. You're breaking that in the name of Jesus and you're finding freedom in your days ahead. Come on, come on, young lady here in this room. Go on, man, I wish I didn't do that. 
Man, I wish I could take that back. There is no scar so large, no gash so deep, no wound so out of control that his blood cannot cover that as well. You are covered. You are loved. You are covered. Third, write it down. You are purposed. You are purposed. Sorry, in American. You are purposed. That's what shoes signified. The difference between the servants in the house and the sons in the house were the shoes that the sons got to wear. The servants and the everyday workers ran around barefoot. The sons who are in their father's business got to wear shoes. When Jesus tells the story about this good father who deals with identity and declares that we are loved and that we are covered and that we are purposed, He's letting us know from this point on, there should be no doubt about what your life should be about. Because you're about now your father's business. Who knows who, what, they want, what they want to be when they grow up here in this room? Anyone know what they want to be? Wow, you guys are like kind of just like kind of driven teenagers, aren't you? Like anyone here wants to be a police officer when they grow up? Police officer, where the police officer's at? Doctor's at, where your doctor's at? Who wants to be YouTube famous here in this room? YouTube famous. I hate you people. What's wrong with you, man? I'm <laughs> messing around. Do you know that only about 100 years ago, that kind of hand up thing wouldn't have worked because only about 100 years ago, um, there really wasn't a choice on what you did. Up until about the Industrial Revolution, about 100 years ago, everyone basically did what their parents did. It's kind of the family business. So if your father was a farmer, you were a farmer. If your dad was a mechanic, you were a mechanic. If your mother was a seamstress, you were a seamstress. If your mother was a teacher, you are probably a teacher. All the way through human history until about 100 years ago, you basically did what your parents did. Jesus tells this story in that context. And I want everyone to understand, from this day forward, when asked this question, what are you going to do with your life? Before you talk about doctor, lawyer, teacher, accountant, business owner, YouTube famous, you know what I'm saying? Before you say that, recognize first and foremost, now forevermore, you're about your father's business. Your dad's a king. So your life is now going to be about kingdom things. Come on. Your dad is a king, so now your life is going to be about kingdom things. You are loved, you are covered, you are purposed. And that's what excites my heart. I got a little bit of time this afternoon to pray about this evening. And God gave me a vision of torches. Like, like flaming, like, you know, like flaming torches all over the state of South Carolina on a Wednesday night 
having the Spirit of God breathed on them, getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And everywhere these torches went, something was beautifully set alight for the glory of God. And fuse young people, especially in our high school meeting on a Wednesday night, are going to lock in and lean in like they've never locked in and lent in before into the purposes of God in their generation. And our high schools will be left different because of young people knowing the real them. <laughs> Loved, covered, purposed to do kingdom things because they're about their father's business. That, my friends, is who you are. This message means so much to me. Um, I probably preach from this text more than any other text in my 25 years of preaching. And the reason is because it's the only text that I remember around that time when I started following Jesus. I wasn't amazing like you guys. Um, I was an insecure dirtbag who had the hots for a blonde girl who looked great in jeans. And because she went to youth group, I thought I'd go to youth group too. You know what I'm saying? I got to marry her four years later, you know what I'm saying? But I'm like, so I'm just hanging around church. And I find myself at 17 years of age, a really insecure guy, because all the way through my high school years, I was bullied. Um, I went to a private boys' school, and I was one of only two Asians in the whole uh, year level. And uh, because Asians stick out a little bit, um, you know, the rest of the kids in my year level thought they would take it upon themselves to let me know how different I was. The other Asian kid was a really smart kid and he just like, kind of kept to himself and hid in the library. Uh, but I wasn't as smart, so, so I just used to try to fight back a little bit, which made them kind of bully me even more. And so all the way through my, kind of my like middle school years, uh, I was bullied about being Asian. And that's probably the reason why nowadays I make so much fun about my ethnicity. Um, I think it was like a defense mechanism that I picked up along the way. And um, I probably gotta talk to God more about that later on, but that's probably why I'm like that. And because I was bullied so much, I became a really angry person. And, um, and so I started doing things, trying to hurt people. Um, trying to impress people. Trying to make the pain go away. Which left me at the end of the day feeling pretty useless. Uh, because if kids at school didn't like me and my parents were angry at me, I didn't think there'd be that much hope for me to do anything special at all. So, so rewind like, like nearly 30 years. You got your buddy, Dan. Um, arms a little smaller. Hair a little thicker. Um, but feeling pretty unloved. Uh, feeling pretty dirty. And um, feeling pretty useless. 
then I chased a girl to youth group. And um, I didn't know it then, but like the youth pastory guy uh, sees this bad kid come to youth group. <laughs> so he takes it upon himself. I thought he liked me. He was just trying to keep me out of trouble. So he made me sit next to him. And so he would have me sit next to him and then he would get up, he would speak. I wouldn't, I wouldn't pay attention, couldn't remember a word until this one night where he started talking about a robe and a ring and some shoes. Then a guy with no identity, feeling unloved, ashamed of what he had done up to that point, trying to find love, feeling useless, for the first time heard a good news story about a God who doesn't want my activity, but wants to give me identity. My heart's hope and my heart's prayer for the young people in my church, in our church, is that they wouldn't leave this season without their clean underwear. I mean, identity. You are loved. You are covered. You are purposed. Getting to know the real So as we wrap up our time together, I would love the opportunity to pray with someone in one of our fuse buildings tonight. Who's saying, Dan, right now, I don't feel that loved. I don't, I don't feel like all the stuff that I've done wrong can be covered. I definitely don't feel like I've got a great purpose. I wanna let you know, you can step into this life transforming identity tonight. I did when I was 17 years old. How you may ask? Well, simply in this story, this story about identity, It begins with just a simple young person coming to their senses and taking a step back towards their father. You take one step in God's direction, I promise you, he'll come running miles in yours. And as you find yourself caught up in his amazing grace, kissed by him, embraced by him, you'll find yourself in the beginning of your new day, marked by identity. How cool is that? So with every eye closed and no one looking around, on every single campus, you're here tonight 
and you know that you don't have that kind of relationship with God in heaven that makes you feel loved, that makes you feel covered, that makes you feel purposed, if you know that's you here tonight, would you allow me to give you the words to pray, believing that God will hear, you'll be drawn into Him, and your journey into deeper identity will begin. So that's you here this evening. On every single campus, I'm gonna get you to lift your hands in a few moments' time. We're gonna pray a prayer. I'm gonna pray for you. And then we're gonna go live back to every single campus from there. But if that's you here tonight, and you're saying, Dan, I don't have that kind of relationship with God that makes me feel loved, that makes me feel covered, that makes me feel purposed. If that's you here tonight, when I count to three on every single campus, just lift your hand where you are and keep it lifted. If that's you here tonight and you know you need that kind of relationship with God that gives you that kind of identity, when I count to three, lift your hand. Are we ready? One, two, three. Just lift your hand where you are. I see your hand here. I see your hand there. I see your hand there. I see your hand at the back. I see your hand over here to my right. I'm sure there are hands up in every single room. That is so cool. Hey, Fuse, let's just pray this prayer out loud all together, especially if you lifted your hand. Let's do this. Dear Jesus, come on, let's do it with some, some gusto and some grunt and some strength. Come on, dear Jesus, thank you so much for your love. Thank you for coming so far to give me identity. Right now I declare, I am loved. I am covered. I am purposed. Help me by your spirit. Live now for your glory. And all the children of God said, amen. Come on, just praise God in the room right now. Do that.